In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Jared Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. So when you get to the end of the this season, or the 2023 season with the Yankees, there's so many things bubbling up. And and I, I'm going to look at it from also a reporter's perspective and a, someone who's writing this book. There's so many things bubbling up, including like the people are saying, oh, they need to turn this over. They need to, It got so bad where despite all the success, they need to turn this over. Cashman and Boone and everything yeah. else. What was your perspective as you were be, as they were going through September when that narrative was, I don't want to say it was prevalent, but it was there. Sure. What was your perspective? My perspective was that no responsible business would change management after uh, 30 consecutive winning years. <laughs> In the case of baseball seasons, uh, I don't think that the Yankees are anywhere close to being objectively at a place where they need to blow everything up. Um, because they've had this group just has such a track record. And I take seriously what, as I said, what competitors say about them. Uh, I, I am wary of being too much the defender of the front office and the market that I cover here. But I have to say, just objectively speaking, it was bizarre to me uh, and seemed very, very impulsive and in the moment to be calling for firing people that, uh, after all, um, have been highly successful. I think that the Yankee fan would be uh would be pretty shocked to find what it's like to be a team that only has a winning record some years. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and that that right now they literally 31 consecutive seasons. I understand that the previous owner uh and Derek Jeter set an unhealthy, unrealistic standard with the rhetoric about winning a championship or the seasons of failure, but that's obviously not how it works and um the Yankees have have good process and in terms of Boone uh he had his best year because of what he was dealing with and the adversity and uh the injuries and judge and everything that was going on around that team and it really looked in August like it, it was cratering and they mm-hmm. were gonna really 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 finish badly and I think you can make the argument that um Boone's management of the team saved some jobs and maybe some really important jobs because he kept that thing on track uh, he's really improved as an in-game manager. Remember when Alex Cora kind of ran circles around him in the 18 division mm-hmm. series? Uh, at that point, Boone was very much learning, leaving pitchers in too long and whatnot. And and now he's got really good command in-game and really good command of the room. And uh, as long as Cashman has this job, he would want Boone to be in that job because I, I'm sure he appreciates this guy really kind of saved our asses here by, by keeping us in. And they won 82 games when yeah. it didn't. That's not an accomplishment uh, for the Yankees, and it shouldn't be overly praised. 
but it looked like it was going to be a lot worse. I think the manager gets a lot of credit for that. No, absolutely. And, and there's two things. Number one, walking into that clubhouse at the end of the season, you're like, this isn't a very talented team yet. They played well. Like they played yeah. well at the end. And so, and that was boom to your point. Yeah. And also with Cashman, it's course correction, right? So, one of the things I don't think can get lost is, and we're going to talk about how they've approached this offseason, but the ability to approach this offseason somewhat in the way they have is because they actually have the assets to do it. So, mm-hmm. so in other words, they can keep trading these minor league pitchers. You know why? Because they have the minor league pitchers to trade. And mm-hmm. not every organization, and I'll say the Red Sox are a perfect example of this, that you don't have that to trade. You cannot – You can, even if they wanted to trade for Juan Soto, they aren't competitive with the Yankees in that respect. And that's a credit to Brian Cashman, I think, for continuing to do that and also now be willing to say, hey, you know what? We need to push aside apathy, and the way we're going to do it is we want to make sure everyone understands the pinstripes are the mecca of baseball, and we're going to remind everyone this with this, another shock and awe – off season. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. They put themselves in that position. And that comes back to the scouting piece too, Rob. The the they they trade a lot of minor league players and they're very very rarely burned on this. They have not, to be clear, their major league acquisitions have been uh not a good track record over the last 2-3 years. I not wouldn't defend that, but they haven't really lost, moved anybody uh, other than Ezekiel Duran to Texas in the Joey Gallo deal. That was one that they feel they missed on. But generally speaking, they have an assessment of their own system that's that's pretty spot on. And the way that they do that is by getting their top evaluators on their own minor league games every single day. They have a guy, Tim Nearing, obviously a familiar name in Boston, is Cashman says he's my Gene Michael. I mean, he's that, that super scout type. And I've watched enough baseball with Tim Nearing to see like, wow, he sees that, that, and he really is good like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he spends a lot of his time at their own double A, single A, and triple uh, A games. And so they know, okay, these are the players we're talking about that the Padres want. Um, what do you think? And, and, and Nering, Matt Daly, their scouting director, and a few of their other top guys can say very honestly, like, what they think of these players. I, not, not enough teams scout their own system that third. No, no. Sure it's, and you know what, Andy? I think this is such an important aspect of any organization of, number one, knowing the players that you're trading, and number two, hyping them up just enough. Yeah. You know, like I'll go way back. John Sherholz was the master of this. Like the of of uh, there was a guy named Andy Marte who was the number oh, one yeah. guy yeah. in all of baseball. R.I.P. Andy Marte. Yeah, and and he was number one all in baseball. They knew he couldn't play. They mm-hmm. knew he couldn't play, and they you know they traded him. I think it was for Edgar Renteria, and but there was plenty of example. And I think the Yankees have been really really good. And that's such an underrated part of this equation, I think. Mm-hmm. 